Welcome to Patch Notes. We are back. Me and John Bernhard are back after a week off. Um, you can't get rid of us that easily. John, uh, <laughs> we're like roaches. We are. We're a lot in so many ways. Uh, John, how have you been? How, what's new? How are you? I've been okay. I took the week off um, to go to a uh, tabletop gaming convention. That must have been uh, so f- so fun. No, I was I was working. Um, I was the only person there in like a collared shirt and slacks. Everyone else was in like cargo shorts and t-shirts. And uh, it was a tabletop convention, so you know you have these giant rooms full full of like two hundred people. Yeah. So it's a it's a goddamn sauna in there. Um, that's so what I terrible. do. Is, but it was in the hotel. It was in the hotel. So what I'd do is I'd spend 40 to, you know, maybe 80 minutes down on the show floor doing my job because I was working. And then I'd go back to the elevator, go back to my room, take off my shirt, put it on a hanger, you know, maybe ironed it out because I was, you know, I, I was a smart person. I'm a well-dressed person. I was wearing an undershirt, but I had sweat all on my forearms. Oh, no. Um, so I needed to, to to clean the shirt off to get the uh, shirt dry that sounds, again. That sounds rough. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was a good time. I mean, it's been a <laughs> it doesn't long. Doesn't really time. sound like it was a good no, time. No, but... well, it, it wasn't fun in the moment. But it's been a long time since I've done actual journalism, like going out, talking to people, doing interviews, recording stuff, get freaking out that maybe I didn't actually record it. Exporting the WAV file from my recorder onto the hard drive of the laptop that's constantly blue screening of death. Sure. Uh, realizing sure. it's a 143 megabyte WAV file instead of a normal MP3. Um, so I can't upload like it anywhere. Yeah. Um, so people, it was great. People love to get in- enormous uh, audio files. It's like their yeah. favorite thing. So and I was interviewing two British guys, uh, the the lead, the, the rules lead of Warhammer 40K and the head of like box game design, so the PR guy um, for Games Workshop. Nice. And um, one, they had the most British interaction I think I've ever seen in real life. <laughs> which was illuminate that, us. Yeah, one of the. All right, so we had our our interview at 4 p.m. On a Saturday. So right around tea time. Uh, I think you've guessed the nature of the discussion. Oh, have I? Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So well, one yeah, of them shows four, up. Once you said says, four, I just thought. Yeah. Oh, I, one of I them know. shows up and shakes my hand and says hello and says, do you want anything from the bar? And I say, yeah, get me, a, get me a Stella because that's the only beer they had that was uh, not Miller Lite. Um, and he gets a double gin and tonic. And I'm like, okay, okay not bad. The other guy we're interviewing walks up, and he is holding a cup of tea. Oh, boy. With milk in it. And these two August gentlemen proceed to have an argument in front of me about... S- serious whether, argument or just like a No, not really. Event? No, not a serious. It was friendly. Uh, about whether four in the afternoon is tea time or cocktail hour. <laughs> Uh, and they didn't come to a determination. They kept their own drinks. But yes, I... I I'm very surprised that you didn't have a, a super strong opinion. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to interrupt them. This is content. Don't you, like... I mean, that's like... But that's your thing. You have, like, a whole series of books about that where you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I have a publishing deal and everything. <laughs> wow, that is... Uh, that's extremely British. It is. Uh, 
is so is. I mean, maybe you don't know. I I certainly don't. But is cocktail hour a thing? I don't think it is. I mean, I was gonna say either like tea hour or gin hour, but gin hour doesn't sound like a thing. Gin hour sounds more like a thing. <laughs> I mean, I assume they like because they have cocktail parties, right? Uh, they have to have cocktail uh, yeah, parties. Yeah, no, sure. I yeah, mean, why so wouldn't the, they have there cocktail has parties? To be, a socially acceptable range of times for a cocktail party to start and a cocktail party to end. I hope we're not alienating British viewers, unless they're aristocrats, in which case you shouldn't be listening to this anyway. Are you, do, you think, do you think we're alienating our British viewers by asking them about uh, cocktail hour? Mm. The, the strangest possible thing that I've heard of? I, I mean, we could talk about Brexit. We, I, well, no, we're not going to talk about Brexit, because then we're <laughs> alienating me. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I've never, I've never heard of cocktail hour. Um, cocktail parties makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if if cocktail hour is a thing, I'm, I hope, I hope it's fun. I, I hope you, I hope you have a great cocktail hour, everyone in, uh, in the UK. And if you're in Ireland and cocktail hour is offensive, uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, but it'll be fixed. Boris has got it. <laughs> That's. <laughs> <laughs> he just did you see you violated the Good Friday agreement? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah, things are gonna be great over there. It's it's just all gonna all gonna get great. All what I once. like what I like about it all is that um now people want him out because uh he was mean. He like misled the queen. Which is uh, an extremely uh, funny reason to want him out. Yeah, I mean there's the the funny thing about the British system is that the prime minister, if he really wants to, can sort of be a dictator, just sure. through that whole royal assent thing. Like if he just asks the queen to do shit, they're they don't they have a they have a living constitution, which means it's evolving over time, and which means it doesn't have like the strange, weird Catholic strictures that we have, where you know that's why it's so much nine worse. old men or whatever just, uh, old men can't. and women sit around a table and are like, what did they mean when they wrote this? <laughs> um, so like basically, if the PM tells the Queen to do something. One, she's obligated to do it. That's sort of how democracy works and why the royals haven't actually been de- deposed. Um, and two, it basically is just an end around around any part of their governmental system. So um, the fun update is that Scotland has declared the prorogation of parliament, which is what Boris Johnson advised the queen to do, which she did with royal assent, um, illegal. So it'll hit their Supreme Court next week. And um, the terror and the chaos and the ecstasy and the glory of Brexit shall continue. I mean, what 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 even is like the what even is going to happen if I don't know? Then now we are talking about Brexit, so I guess we're just going to have to say I win. This is this is not a Brexit podcast. I don't I don't have anything <laughs> smart to say about Brexit. Um, Neither do I, but I'll still talk. <laughs> well, that's why we love you. Um, well, let's get into it. Uh, uh, we, we have stuff to say about video games. Not a lot going on this week. Some fun trailers, but I mean, uh, the Tokyo Game Show is this week. Uh, yeah, it started today. Well, I guess yesterday because Japan is ahead of us slightly. And you're of course um, there on. Oh on yes, the I'm reporting right on site. I have the money and the passport and the desire to travel to Tokyo, Japan. I speak the language, um, and they love me over there. Um, they just they just really are big. They're big. They're big. Uh, John Bernhard fans. They call you, uh, 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 anger, anger son. 
they don't call me angry. They're burn hardies, like my hardies, like <laughs> like people on a ship that I'm a pirate and I refer to. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that that's makes better sense. than Angerson. You think uh, so? Just a little bit. Okay. I mean, maybe they still call me Angerson, but I call them the burn hardies. Okay, well, now I, I think that's a nice dynamic you've set up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So it is the the Tokyo Game Show. Mm. Um, it's uh, I would say like I would say out of the times we've covered trailers on the show, this is one of my favorite uh, batches mm. uh, because it. it oh, there's uh, apparently there's apparently a Death Stranding trailer that's like forty nine minutes. We're not going to be talking about that on this. Um, has it has I don't, people? I'm seen not sure it if it's dropped. I'm I'm looking right now, but even if it had dropped, we're not going to be talking about a forty nine minute trailer because we'd have to watch it all first. I mean, I would um, love to watch that trailer, but that trailer is going to be in Japanese, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm I'm hoping – oh, it hit two hours ago. Um, and this one appears to be like a, an eight-minute trailer. Uh, we won't talk about that. We'll handle it next week once Kojima has blown our minds um, because apparently there is a 49-minute version that is coming, uh, which I assume will be a gameplay demo. That you would have to us. assume. I mean, I mean uh, it would be funnier if it wasn't. <laughs> well, like he, yeah, he just spent all his time actually making a, a feature, like almost a feature length movie, mm-hmm. like you know. Oh yeah, I made a I made a, a full Netflix real, episode. Yeah, I, I made a hand in hand of a, yeah. of a trailer. Yeah, it's a. I don't. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, uh, what What dropped two hours ago was called the briefing trailer. Uh huh. Um, and so we'll we'll take maybe take a look at that next week if it's. We're taking a look at once the the big trailer drops, the big demonstration. Um, this does seem like the event where that where this would all come out. Tokyo Game Show. It, it, it's proprietary Sony. It's Kojima. It, this seems like it, like E three never really seemed like the place for this. No. Um, this seems like the place for this. So. Well, cool. We'll have to see. I uh, I mean that'd be nice. I, I don't know. I'm not. I, uh, we've talked about. Whether or not we're excited or yeah. not about Death Stranding on here before, I think it's... It's complicated. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. So uh, hopefully this this uh, either clarifies or complicates things in a fun way more. Uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple of games came out, uh, or are coming out, that I did not... Uh, that are sort of like new to me entirely. Yeah. Um, so one is, and this is the one I want to talk about first, uh, one is System Shock 3. So is yeah. this... Are, are you a, are you a System Shock? Oh, I yeah, am. you are, because uh, we talked about this when we talked about Prey uh, that that you considered a shock game, and um, yeah, it's exciting. It um, is. This technically isn't a TGS release. They um, other side game, uh, other side studios, I believe, is the developer right now. Uh, okay. They released this trailer as an IGN exclusive, um, just coinciding with TGS. Um, it sort of feels weird to have a shock game that isn't like main stage somewhere but uh, the tr- the travel that the system shock ip has gone through over the yeah. years is is kind of you know well i think what's big. what's funny about <laughs> it to me is like it's not even like um it's it's exciting because it's the name on it. Like yeah. I, that, that's that's such a bad way to. That's such a bad reason to be excited about anything in video mm-hmm. games because like yeah. it has the name of the franchise you like. Because uh, almost always that's going to be disappointing. But um, you know, it it, it has the syst- literally the System Shock name on it. Yeah. And it's like okay, wait, 
that's kind of great. Like, we haven't seen the System Shock name other than reboots or uh, sorry, no, almost twenty years, right? Yeah, since System Shock two. So that's cool. Um, I'll say I'll tell you the thing that sort of like doesn't do it for me, and Mm -hmm. maybe maybe this is. I don't know. Maybe this is unfair, and I'm almost sure it is. But like, I, I don't like the fact that there is. Um, hmm, how to say this? I don't like the fact that it looks like a Bioshock game. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that it just looks like uh, someone reskinned a Bioshock game for System Shock because, like, it's not very fair of me to say that mm-hmm. uh so far as that's kind of what the engine looks like and i'm sure like the writing is fine i'm sure like i still have all the reason in the world to be excited about it yeah um but it just makes me think of like uh will you kindly or whatever as opposed mm-hmm. to the stuff i like about system shock 2 it, it feels like maybe the problem with that is that shadan is talking so much yeah, that could be. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, she exposition. is the selling point. It's it's weird because I yeah, I don't get why Shodan's the selling point. Uh, well, I, I've never understood that about System Shock since like the actual intriguing thing about System Shock was never Shodan. It was always the stuff around. But anyway, whatever. yeah, the thing about Shodan is the moment System Shock Two when the walls fall away. Yeah, exactly that moment, and I was worried. That System Shock 3, and, and, and this is sort of an unfair criticism because uh, I haven't played System Shock 1, but I've watched gameplay videos of it. Uh-huh. Uh, is always talking to you. Like, System Shock 1, she's always talking to you. System Shock, Shock 2, when she's your fake friend, she's always talking to you. And yeah. then when the reveal happens, she's always on the comps after that, just, you know, yelling at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt like this trailer had a bit too much of her. Like, I don't... I feel like if I went back and played System Shock 2, I would think that there was too much of her in it. Um, I played I System feel like Shock 2. You need to choose your spots with her. I didn't necessarily feel there was too much of her mm-hmm. in it. I would say, like, what it felt like for, to me with System Shock 2, when I because I, I didn't play it when it came out. I, I, yeah, I was super late to it. Like, super late to it to the point that I think I played it a year ago. Um, right. Not that not not that yeah. recently for me, but yeah, yeah. So like I I play I think I played it after Prey, like it, very very recent. But like, um, like the thing about Shodan in that is it they work like the the use of Shodan works to a point, but when it doesn't work, it feels like okay, this is a game made in the early two thousands, and yeah. like it just it has some early two thousands problems. Um, I mean, it was kind of... it's actually a game made in 1999. Okay, yeah, it has 1990. Yeah, exactly. So like 1999, <laughs> 2000, 2001 problems. Um, that just doesn't feel charming in a game released no. in 2020. The only thing I really love about System Shock 2, and I played it in like 2010, 2011. I used one of those up-res packs. Um, mm-hmm. Is that like the enemies looked weird and fucked up. And were legitimately scary because of how badly the polygons on them had aged and how the polygons distorted what they looked like. Um, I really respected what it did. I respected what it did for the genre. I respected. I thought it was well written. Um, I mean, it's a great game. It's, yeah. it's fun to play. It is. It is nice to play. It is worth playing now. 
I mean, like, if you I played, would, I would totally go back and play it if you haven't. Yeah. But, uh, if you've played Alien Isolation or if you've played Bioshock, you've played a game that came from System Shock 2. And a Bioshock game and Alien Isolation are extremely different games. Yeah. So that was, it was Convergence Point. It was a foundational part of the FPS RPG genre. Um, and honestly, I think it was a fantastic game. I was a, I think I was a bit, I'm a bit more up on how the game looks uh, based on that trailer than you. I think it looks really good. I like, because one of the big, one of the big things between, uh, one of the big conflicts in Bioshock 2 was the conflict between Shodan's perfect machine hell and this, mm-hmm. like, expanding cancerous organic thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you never actually talk to. You only you only ever talk to Shodan. Um, and and this game takes place between System Shocks one and two, so they don't have to deal with the ramifications of the ending of two, um, <laughs> right? Which are fairly large. I believe it means the end of humanity. Um, Effectively, yes. I mean, well, yeah, because Shodan just sneaks out of the yeah. Right. Um, so you're you're basically in a black site, um, which I assume is. The black sites that are there is stuff like that referred to in System Shock Two, but never really expanded upon. So I assume this is you know what she was doing before she started impersonating that doctor. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it looks the like the origin story, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the secondary origin. It's like a new origin story because her origin story was System Shock One, where she just like I think she took over an orbital station or something. Um, I haven't I haven't fully played it. Uh, but yeah, the the um, the way three looks is that she's doing like human experimentation. She's doing uh, biological tests. She's maybe fucking with things that she shouldn't be fucking with. And why not? I and mean, why not? Yeah. And she's also yelling at you about it the entire time. So I, I like the whole thing where you've got this giant walker just jumping around the map with a <laughs> bleeding human torso attached to the front because mm-hmm. Shodan doesn't really understand what melding, like what cyborgs are. So she just thinks shoving a human on it as a, he- as a hood ornament is the right way to go. <laughs> um, so I, I sort of like the aesthetic there and, and it looked pretty good. I mean, I mean graphically. Is, yeah, I, I agree. I just have to get past, like, I think there's something about the old, like the, the Bioshock or not. Yeah. The, the Bioshock look that troubles me now because mm-hmm. they were just, I don't know, to me, such an uninterest like in retrospect, frustrating games. And like thinking about those games versus, say, um, System Shock 2, which even felt fresh when I played it. Like in, 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 I thought its narrative felt fresh for what it was, even when I played it recently. Bioshock 1, I feel like if I played it now, it would feel deeply dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't have anything to do with the graphics package. So, like, I think... I, I have played them semi-recently. I, I think Bioshock 2 is the best one. Oh, really? It holds up? Yeah. I mean, it's it's deeply anti-communist, but in really stupid ways that undermine uh-huh. its point. So that's cool. Um, but no, you're, you play as, like, a big daddy in that. You play as one of the giant hulking, walking around guys. And oh, that's the fun. way they design the gameplay in that feels a lot better. Um, then walk it, running around and doing plasmid shit. You you do do plasmid shit in two, but there's a lot more point defense. There's a lot more because you have to de- defend the little girls, right? Because you're right, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so 
there's a lot more point defense. There's a lot more, you know, you know what you have to do here and what you need to defend and what your objectives are. Um, not a huge fan of them being like, well, Andrew Ryan was a libertarian. What if one of the people here was a communist and was just <laughs> as stupid? But they fuck it up enough that, <laughs> that that I'm fine with it because they're incompetent and actually like playing out that uh, analogy. That's really funny. Like it's really funny that they can like compose a fairly okay critique of libertarianism, and mm-hmm. then like when they try to complicate that even a little bit, it's like, oh yeah, actually we're not very good at any of this. Well, I mean they're liberals, so what, what yeah, were you sure. expecting? Well, I mean, so uh, I mean we've got enough off track, and that's my fault, yeah. but. I think all of these, uh, but I think all of these questions, like all of these sort of like, okay, so, uh, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be like weird politically? Is it mm-hmm. going to have like these sort of clunky elements of Bioshock? Like, I think all of these are really fair questions to be asking about a new system shock game. And I mean, it would, it, you would be forgiven for not being, for not giving this game the benefit of the doubt in the way that I think it's, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. But I, a- I hope so. It's had a very weird development history. Um, yeah, it was like the System Shock IP was like owned by a holding company that did like real estate shit for a long time. Cool. And eventually, uh, other side, capital S in the middle of that name, uh, got the IP back from them. Uh, other side is an interesting studio. Uh, the only two games they've published before this were two Underworld games, and I don't mean the the movies. Um, these games are like Ultima, like next gen. Oh, yeah, I gen remember games. those games. Um, yeah. And using the original, like a lot of the original guys. So this studio really feels like a getting the band back together studio because <laughs> System Shock 3 also has people who worked on the original two games. Hmm. Um, but they contracted with Starbreeze for the publishing and Starbreeze fell the fuck apart two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they had to do was they had to buy the rights back from Starbreeze <laughs> to publish it. Um, so, so it's been in dev for like four and a half years, maybe five years. And I bet they're is, really hoping that this, uh, makes some money. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. Um, and this is like the first sign of life this project has had in a long time. Like the system shock one remake project has had yeah. more signs. I've of heard a lot more since. about that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that seems like it may be DOA. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean it's 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 cool. I hope I hope it gets made. I would play it. Uh, I would play it on launch. I mm. I will say like as as much as I am, we are qualifying and and like saying like you know that there there are problems and stuff. The I mean System Shock Two still feels so good to play yeah. in in a way that I would have no problem buying this on launch and playing it. Like it would be uh, you know destination. Uh, gaming. So just, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Just want to beat zombies to death with a wrench again. I just, I, I just, yeah, feel like, feel like crap. Just want to beat zombies to death with the ranch again. Um, well, there's also speaking of, uh, feeling really good about old games. Mm-hmm. There's the, there's Final Fantasy VII. That yeah, has a new trailer. That has a new trailer. It looks kind of like B-roll. Yeah, I heard, I heard that, uh, I saw that on Twitter. People are getting excited about all of our favorites, uh, getting glow ups. It's weird because like, I think. Uh, that girl Jesse, like the member of the little squad that all dies <laughs> in the Midgard Rocket crash. Or... No, like just like, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I think she has the most lines in the trailer. It's kind of amusing. Uh, they show the Turks. The Turks suck. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Turks are a side. I mean, maybe they've changed it for the remake, but the Turks are a joke. Um, so it's weird to see them featured so heavily in a trailer. It's 2019, and they're going to apparently do the Don Corneo storyline. Yeah, that's not smart. It's um, not going to go well we, at all. We talked about this when the other trailer came out. We did. If, you know, I've... Some people have said I, I posted a tweet about this, and some people said to me that maybe they'll be doing a good thing about representation for uh, for trans women or something. And that wasn't what the first thing was. And I don't, I, I I'm, you know, I, I'm not gonna. I respect anyone's experience. If they thought that the Corneo thing, you know, spoke to them when they saw it the first time, but that's an example of us not having healthy examples of things in the first place like that that shouldn't be the way that you see that stuff for the first time because that was just straight up like straight guy fetish shit oh yeah absolutely and it was like yeah it didn't work like it as far as like you could see the intention behind the people making this Mm -hmm. thing um the intention wasn't good and i i think like if 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 you know we're talking about glitchy dumb things in in system shock 2 or whatever thinks it didn't work um and then saying that's yeah, like late 90s early 2000s stuff the the stuff in final fantasy 7 that doesn't work is like kind of mid 90s stuff where it's like but yeah this doesn't work because the people making this are just like complete chuds yeah i, I mean i don't i think it's more complicated that sort than that sort of because it is i'm there's I'm, I'm still clear, like there's still problems with that stuff in 2018 because of the whole like in 2018 we had breath of the wild and had that had the whole gerudo link thing sure and, right you know this i i hope that if they're going to do this they do it in a good way and a respectful way and a way that you know <laughs> doesn't center the leering experiences or the like oh gross experiences of the male straight cis fan base, but that wasn't what I got from Don Corneo leaping at the screen with a leering grin and Tifa and Eris dragging Cloud forward, mm-hmm. which were the two shots we sort of got from the Don Corneo <laughs> shit. And it's not like this is like an important part of the game. It's explicitly in there to pad out Act 1, I believe the only time it's even referred to in the rest of the game is like an optional scene in the fake Japan nation, Wutai, or, or mm-hmm. fake China nation, Wutai. Um, they just couldn't get the rights to Wu-Tang, which is like a real shame. <laughs> it's not something that needs to be there, especially if you've increased, and it appears they have increased, the roles of, of Avalanche, uh, Jesse, and all those people. Yeah. Um, and the Turks. Like, those are the people you need to be focusing on. Um, it is. And, and, you know, what's funny What's funny about this, like, and what's what's kind of dispiriting about, like, seeing that level of, of okay, we have to, we have to focus on, on, on getting, like, really, really, you know, carefully precise uh, 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 validity or, or um, you know, the authentic uh, experience. Like, the problem with that is, like, you would hope that a remake would take the parts that were fun or mm. compelling or interesting and expand upon them as opposed to just like reproducing it. And um, yeah. it certainly seems like this would be a reproduction uh, as opposed to like 
oh, hey, we're going to do like more on those guys that seemed like super compelling and interesting, uh, but we had no time or no ability to actually like pad out. Yeah. I mean, uh, I it's still sort of unclear what this game is going to cover. The, uh, the like post release date, I believe it's being released on March 20th, 2020. Um, showed the destruction of the lower plate section of Midgar where you sp spend the first uh, act of the game and then you leave and go out into the world. Um, the reporting we've had before has very heavily suggested, and I believe this is still the case, that that will be the end of the episode. That this right. will be an episodic yes. game, that there may or may not actually be an open world, and it may or may not be a case that when everything is released, they can make it into a single cohesive game. Uh, it may just be, you know, a thing where you import your save a lot of times along the way in a bunch of very well-bespoke, crafted linear corridors. Um, I mean, it honestly seems like it's going to be that, which, I mean, yeah. is fine. But mm -hmm. it also, if it's going to be I mean, it's gonna a be retelling a of it, that story just with, just with that, then I don't know how interesting that sounds. Right, but it's also going to be a full-price game on launch. Yeah, like, sure. this is going to be, this is going to cost more than the full FF7 cost you on release back in 1990X. Um, so, you've got to you should not expand. have bought it within the Mega Man universe. That was yeah. a mistake. Um, you need to expand the content. You need this to be at least a 15-hour game. Like, if this is an 8-hour game for the price that Square Enix is going to want to charge for it. You're going to get a lot of mad people. Yes. Um... And eight hours is maybe the extent of the time that you could have spent in Midgar um, in the original Final Fantasy VII. So they have to have more stuff to do. That sounds right. I mean, I feel like Midgar was pretty long. Uh, if you, I... I mean, eight hours is pretty long in, in a Final Fan in a in a JRPG. It just isn't a full game. I suppose that's true. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think about. Okay, so like, how long would that be? Yeah. No, you're right. Like, I guess. Because it's all the Eris stuff. Yep. It's all the... Oh, that's about have, it, though. We do have confirmation it's Aerith in this um, translation. I, I don't... I don't know. I have absolutely no, no, no horse in that race. I mean, that's the same thing with me. I just... I don't care. So, like, yeah. the idea that on some level I'm going to have to, like, approach it as if I care is mm -hmm. um, frustrating. So, I mean, on one hand, if they have to expand a six and a half hour, if you rush through, to eight hour, let's say, experience into a full retail price game for their biggest property that will get the most. Because Square Enix kind of doesn't really do new shit these days. Not um, really. I mean, I guess the last serious new property they did would be like the new Tomb Raiders or the new or like those Just Cause. Those aren't new. <laughs> Just Cause, yeah. And those are Western, con like Square Enix is publishing those. They're mm -hmm. not developing them. Oh, uh, sure. Um, yeah. uh, so the, it, you're in a weird place where you have to s extract full value for a full game from this because you want to sell this as probably, I'm going to guess that when Final Fantasy VII is done, and it's possible that we're just behind on the news and they've announced this will be one game, but it's not going to be one game. Um, I, I think this will probably be four games, four episodes, before we're all through. You know, mm. there, it's, you can fairly coherently like 
chop it out to four acts. Um, maybe five if you really want to expand the content at the end of the game. Um, I guess that's probably right. I mean, maybe they'll have a whole act where it's just Vincent's spooky house. Yeah, he's act three. Uh, act two is probably like the Kate Smith, uh, Kate Sith. Kate Smith. And, uh, sorry, Kate Smith. Uh, she'd be a better character, though. Um, and uh, the, I, I, like, I really like <laughs> Kate yeah. And the uh, and and the whole like cloud mind fucked shit from yeah, from their sure. town, um, and the the introduction of Sephiroth and all that, and then you move over to part three, which is the I, I think I forget when Sid is introduced, but it feels like Sid Sid's story stuff is here, and um, Yuffie's story stuff is in part three, and obviously Vincent and the stuff about Sephiroth's mom and all that shit. Is in part three, and then in part four, you finish the game. Uh, you go back, you meet Rufus. Uh, well, you, you don't meet Rufus. You you know fight Rufus. You deal with Shinra, and you complete the. You finish the fight, as Halo would say. You're, yeah, you're, you you Halo it. Um, yeah. I think like I mean, there's a. I think I forget if it was. I don't think it was Zeno's tweet. I think it was someone else's. Someone's tweet that Zeno has brought up a lot. I forget, but like. And and if as you know, if you if you made this tweet, I apologize. Uh, friend of the podcast and runner of the social media uh, arm of things, you know, uh, Lalia at at kept indoors or at keep indoors. Um, and Piss has brought this up too, but like basically, thank like you, it was <laughs> thank thank everyone. Uh, when when uh, when the Halo Two came out, uh, someone was like, you know, what what's a like why would I or not Halo Two? They were talking about like a Halo re-release mm-hmm. or a Halo whatever, and they were like. Why would it matter if like uh, if if you're uh, re-releasing Halo Two if you're not gonna also re-release all my homies from uh, from from uh, second grade or whatever? Like, correct. So I can play with it. Fully like, correct. I, yeah, like I I think like the question of like okay, so like are you gonna are you gonna get back your mm-hmm. like your sense of wonder and uh, and like the openness you approach this game with? Because I don't think it's going to do very well if it, if you don't. No, I mean the the whole thing is you can never go home again. Like yeah, the past is a foreign country. You're you're not going to get back how it was in the 90s when you were 15 and you decided to um fool your mother into thinking you had a fever so you could stay home and play Final Fantasy 7 all day, which I did twice. Yeah. Um totally you, fair. You you're you're never going to be that person again and you wouldn't want to be that person even if you could. Um <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's, there's something about it that you'll never get back and you'll never succeed at reclaiming. And this is, I think, why the new Doom was so good. Because it was a different game. Yeah, totally. It was a completely different game. It was an IP. It allowed you to put the past to bed and move on to how gaming is right now. And that was a fast twitch no cover shooter that relies on resource management and doing that in 2016 with the doom ip was the smartest decision they could have possibly made the other thing i like about doom too is like uh the way it exists in in its fan community or whatever mm-hmm. where you can actually go ahead and play the old doom like uh, if you have a bethesda account oh <laughs> or <laughs> Or you know, I mean, there there yeah. might be other ways. There are other I, ways. I wouldn't I wouldn't know about those. Um, but uh, yeah, like if 
you know, you can you can play. Actually, it's not illegal to download wads. No. Uh, you can use wads, and you can like you can play Doom and stuff. It's it's fine. Like it's fun, but you have to enjoy Doom on its own terms. At that mm-hmm. point, it's not like you're not going and playing Romero's new Doom wad because like, well, some people are, which Doom. is weird. Well, no, no, <laughs> you, you you are playing it. Like people are definitely playing. Oh it, yeah, but, like, yeah, people aren't playing it because like they're like, oh, I just missed Doom. They're playing it because like. They just want to play it. Like it's it's like they they like that enough that they're just like okay, this is how I want to spend my time. I want to play this thing that John Romero made. Yeah, but I mean um, that's that's also a synthesis of the old and the new because yeah. Romero made it now. He applied new design principles. He didn't like recreate E one M M one in a new engine or something, which is sort <laughs> of what Final Fantasy seven is doing. Yeah, and I mean I I think like especially because Final Fantasy seven. Uh, you know, all the other Final Fantasies have done more with the the battle system that FF Seven in- introduced. Materia was a huge deal mm-hmm. at the time, far less of a huge deal now, and probably a lot less interesting. Um, I think now. they've abandoned it. Like that's that looks like a Final Fantasy Fifteen system that they're using. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like, there's nothing about the fi- so. What I was going to say was, there's nothing about the Final Fantasy Seven battle system that really mm-hmm. is like compelling or like. Yeah makes makes you want to come back to it um and it's like okay that if if there's if i if i don't care about the battle system and i don't care about like the look is is cool but not the reason i'm coming to it then mm. i'm really hoping that the story it holds up and is exactly what i want it to be and yeah. that is just not going to happen <laughs> i mean the worst thing they can do is give the fans exactly what they want right the worst thing right. they can do is give them the exact same story from when they were 13 to 15 because now they're 33 to 35. It, it's not going to work the same way. It's not going to – like there's a, there's a fucking dog fucking joke in the first uh, first section with uh, Aerith and uh, I guess Red 13, mm-hmm. uh, Red 12, Red 13, whatever, Red whatever 13. the dog Red 13. is. Yeah. How dare you not know it's Red 13? How dare I? Um, I just can't read Roman numerals. Is there is there that like where? Oh yeah, they, he, Hojo like throws them in some like chamber and orders them to breed. Does um, he say like? Does he does he say like? Um, white women be having sex with dogs like they would on Twitter. Yeah, that that's the original Japanese. Oh um, okay, that's that's what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and honestly, I respect the Hojo bestiality thing more than I respect the Don Corneo thing because Hojo is an important character and it's part of the plot. That he's a horrific piece of shit. I'm just uh, gonna. I'm going to uh, release as a as, just as a, a single clip, clip. of yeah. you saying I respect, and then it'll say the bestiality thing. Correct. Um, um, because it's important, and, and that I will, will be that'll be good. I'll yeah. Be well, yeah. Well, it goes without saying. Um, well, one more trailer. Uh, and this was one you 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 showed me recently, yeah. and I'm, I want you to talk about it because uh, I mean, did you play and beat Neo One? I did not beat it. I. I put 40 hours into it, but I did not okay. beat it. Um, I did not put that much time into it, but I did play it. It's a fun game. I keep meaning to come back to it. Um, it I really liked Neo 1. Um, I was dog shit at it, but I really liked it. It's okay I, to be bad at Neo 1, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a high-skill threshold game. It is a game where you need to manage, uh, you need to do stance management um, along with Dark Souls, uh, crowd control, and You also need um, to be, like, distancing. very careful about picking your weapons yes because like i picked the weapons i thought was were coolest in my run and i remember i talking to uh rob who i play the dark souls games with about it and he was like why did you pick 
those two weapons together make no sense. Like, there's no... I was like, well, the one's fast and the other's slow and heavy. And he's like, that's yeah. not how you play the game. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, well, that's a choice I had to make at the very beginning of the game and I can't unmake now. It's true. Well, I mean, you can. I, you can switch styles, sort of. Um, but I... I uh, Neo was a game that kicked my ass constantly and sort of a game that I had more fun with when I wasn't playing it, if that makes sense. I can like, understand I, that. I appreciated it more when I wasn't dying constantly. Um, Neo 2 looks like it's not going to be any easier. No, it, it does. And I wouldn't expect it to be. And I don't think the people who were really the constituency for Neo, which I don't think I was, uh, would want it to be easier. Neo is one of the most fun games to watch. I think mm -hmm. the most fun single-player game to watch that I've encountered in a while. Watching someone who knows how to engage with Neo's combat system is kind of like watching music with a lot of more skeletons and death. Um, and I think that Neo 2 looks a lot more like that. It looks a lot more customizable. You're not playing a weird Irishman. Um, yeah, that was the first thing I noticed. It's not The Last Samurai. Yeah, uh, you're, it looks like you have uh, control over your PC's disposition. It looks like they'll be a native Japanese person. I like. Um, I really like that they basically, like, you, <laughs> the first Neo came out and you were like, oh, weird. You're playing as the, the Tom Cruise character. And then they... Uh, then Sekiro came out and everyone was like, okay, it's okay. You can you can have Japanese characters in games. The, yeah. the people will buy it and play. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the... I mean, I, I sort of do know what the decision was behind that. It allowed you to do the uh, man in a foreign country thing, which is a very easy thing to do if you don't... If you just want people to ex, uh, exposit. Yeah, Stranger your, Comes um, to Town. At your guy. Um, so, yeah, some shithead pirate from Scotland probably doesn't know a damn thing about the uh, Sengoku era. So, yes, I'll have to have it entirely explained to him. Um, so, for the sequel, it appears, it appears at least, because they showed you controlling both a male and a female character, and it appeared that in among the male characters there was some differentiation of builds and facial Yeah, it looked features. like you could pick between four. Yeah. Um, Each with their own, like, mascot, effectively. Yeah, I mean, the whole guardian spirit Familiar. thing, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I forget what they're called in Neo, but they're guardian spirits. The um, little animals you summon. I don't know what they're called in Neo, but they're mascots. They're, they're mascots. <laughs> um, it, so it looks like a lot more choice there. Uh, obviously, it was a Japanese-only trailer. We don't speak Japanese, so we can't speak to the plot. Uh, the plot wasn't important in the first one, and I doubt it'll be important this time. Um, no, it looks like the the the, the bosses are, are even more imaginative, though, yes. which is cool. They're like uh, they're there's some real cool like cat lady and yeah and, cat lady. and not cat lady in the in the way that it's like oh it's an anime cat lady. well it it's is like in her first form and... she was an anime cat lady in her first form then she gets big yeah and like there's a lot of those like oh it's a it's a huge monster version mm -hmm. of a thing that seems normal to you and it has like eight eyes instead of two like that that very fun dark soulsy but I feel like I feel like Neo kind of takes it that to another level like it's mm -hmm. a little more uncanny in neo sometimes yeah. with those bosses than it is in dark souls and their design is a lot better for the mm -hmm. i mean not not better than dark souls but better than the average game um and you know because you have so many more tools in neo it makes sense that the bosses are harder have more stages have more progressions to learn and frankly when you're watching someone play neo someone who's really good at it that's where you want to watch you want to watch the boss fights 
Oh, yeah, and, for sure. Um, Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, from what I saw of the Neo 2 trailer, it'll probably be more of the same. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to to playing it and trying it again. Um, though I certainly would not say that I am the person you should you should be watching if you want to watch someone play Neo. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's 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 cool. I'm glad I'm glad it's I'm glad it's back. I'll say that much. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, uh, do you want to talk about games we're not happy are back? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's uh, move on to Randy Pitchford's Wild Ride. Yeah, and it's funny because like I've been talking to a friend of mine who we th- we've tossed back and forth. We've been constantly looking for a co op game to play together, um, and and we we tossed back and forth the idea of like he was like, oh yeah, like the the Borderlands games are pretty fun, and I was like, oh okay, I haven't played one before. Like we talked at a certain point about like maybe maybe you could maybe we could play that. Who knows? Like it, it's possible. And mm. as more and more comes out about it, it's like man, I don't know. Like, this just seems like a bad idea. It doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem like something I want to support. It has a million terrible um, reviews, and it, it seems like it's for good reason. Mm. Um, it's just like it's a game that just seems to keep unfolding into something that I find more and more dim, like a like a Funko Pop meets a Spencer's Gifts or something. Yeah, I mean it's. It's got the whole. It's, it's. I'd say it's got the trifecta, but there's like four or five other things outside of three that uh, are wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, it restricted review copies to. All right. So the the reason that they gave, as per um, Kotaku's article on this, uh, so it was already kind of a weird release. They uh, they didn't give out review builds. They didn't give out Steam keys. They didn't ship you a console with the game. Like a dev kit. I didn't ship you one of those. In fact, as far as I can tell, they haven't shipped out console versions at all, which should be fun for our PS4 and Xbox One players. Yeah, um, that's, that's I mean, a little I, terrifying. I can't imagine that Borderlands 3 doesn't work well on console because it's fucking Borderlands 3. I mean, it, that's – but and that's what you – I mean, that's like – it's a console game. Yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not a PC game. Yeah. I mean, and there don't appear to have been huge graphical improvements uh, since. No, the it looks. It looks. One. I mean, it looks no, that's same. fine. It looks nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I mean, Borderlands has a look, and it has a look that has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of love. And I don't. And if there's one thing I do really respect about Borderlands Three, it, it is that they didn't try to reinvent that wheel. Uh, they kept the same look. They kept the same cell shaded thing. They didn't yeah, go sure. full out uh, to try to next gen the game. They stuck with what the people who love Borderlands like to see in Borderlands, physically see. Which um, like, honestly makes sense. Yeah. Like it's it's a game that is going to live and die on whether or not the people who liked Borderlands buy it. Yeah. So, you know, speak to that audience. But that's also kind of the the scary thing about it or the thing about it that like gives one pause, which mm-hmm. is that like it is it is a game that is truly based around that audience and for better or worse it seems like they've keyed into okay well this audience is you know they're like the the deadpool rick and morty like funko pop audience and we're gonna we're gonna go like full on like if the old games weren't full on Mm -hmm. and perhaps they were um then this is gonna be really full on yeah and I mean, we talk about the people who liked Borderlands 1 and 2. We talk about, you know, the built-in audience. The pe- like, it's more of the same. 
If you liked the previous, you'll like this. Which is, I mean, honestly, like, not a bad way to do video games. I mean, I, I bought plenty of video games on that premise. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I have played all the Dark Souls. Like, yeah. I've beaten three yet, but, like, that's just, that's the, that's the promise. It's like, hey, did you like that last thing I gave you? I have more. Yeah, the thing is that I, I think it's kind of overestimating things because I tolerated Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. I tolerated it because it had a nice Skinner box. It had a good workflow. It had a pleasing reward system. So I and honestly, it had a decent villain. Handsome Jack was pretty good. So I dealt with the racist preteen. I dealt with the, all the side quests being dumb bullshit, like both from a writing and a objective standpoint. They sucked. Right. Um, like the only good ones were where like they changed the objectives mid mission. And that was only good because I was either drunk or in a mood where I was willing to forgive really bad jokes. Um, so, like, the thing about, oh, this is more of the same for people who like the same, is that I feel like there's a lot of people who Borderlands 2 already tried the patience of. Um, and if you look at the pre-sequel, that didn't do too well. Uh, no, kind it of didn't. all and it was, it was pretend different. it doesn't exist. So yeah. when they changed the Skinner box at all, people dropped off. So the bet here is that if they bring the Skinner box back to normal and it's the same guns, guns, guns loop, uh, people will put up with uh, jokes that I believe that Kotaku is describing as uh, written by a 13 year old who's never had sex, which yeah, he's 13. I hope he has. Yeah, come on, give give him a break. Um, but I also don't think he should be writing about sex. Um, mm. So that tension seems terrible. Also, like the villains are YouTube streamers. Like, could you find a better enemy than the people who will literally be promoting your game? <laughs> no, no. You had to talk <laughs> no. shit about them. Of course. Uh, so, you know, and, and then there's the, the, the parts, the the bits about how they fired the guy who um, played Claptrap, and there's a, the sex abuser who's voicing a guy, and, you know, all of the other stuff. Yeah, Hardwick's would, in it. Yeah, Hardwick, that's the guy. And all the other stuff that makes you not want to interact with this product, but the product doesn't seem to want to get better. The product wants you to come to it, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not 22 anymore. And when I was 22, I kind of thought this uh, Borderlands One sucked too. Like I didn't actually want to play its story shit. Um, I th- mm. I thought it was obnoxious. So, you know, and then they they did this thing where they restricted the review copies. So the reason given was well, what you had to do was they gave you an Epic Store account. And you had to log into your Epic Store account, this proprietary one-and-done thing, so you can't transfer your progress from the Epic Store account to your main save when you want to stop reviewing and start playing it, assuming you wanted to do that. Um, sure. <laughs> and so what what happened was not a lot of outlets got this. PC Gamer got it. I believe Polygon got it. Kotaku didn't get it. Vice didn't get it. Uh, Giant Bomb didn't get it. And the outlets always good. Always good to to leave out Giant Bomb, Waypoint, and Kotaku when you are uh, prepping your game for people online. Um, And so, 
uh, Vice and because I think they rebranded a Vice Gaming or something. They did, Fox. but everyone knows. Yeah, they're, they're way. I, I, got, um, I have no reason to actually. <laughs> no reason to to uh, to honor that. Just to clarify for everyone, but yes, Vice uh, and Waypoint. And um, Kotaki were told the reason they didn't get accounts, and a lot of European sites got this explanation too, was secure, nebulous security reasons uh, that weren't oh, well, explained no. upon. Which uh, you know what? Now I now I'm okay with it. Which frankly, I don't think that Epic would be really cool with that explanation, <laughs> especially since uh, Giant Bomb was told that it was because their E3 coverage of uh, Borderlands uh, wasn't positive enough. Sorry, really? sorry, they didn't like, uh, 2K didn't like the coverage, didn't like the tone. So hmm. uh, if you want to infer that maybe they didn't like um, Giant Bomb saying, what the fuck is this? And also reminding everyone that Randy Pitchford is being sued in civil court for having pornography that may or may not have been underage dropped at a medieval times. Um, <laughs> if you don't... If so you ignore all that, that like medieval then times. yeah, then maybe the tenor of their coverage wasn't great. Uh, so Giant Bomb got denied for that reason. It seems like that was an instance of the PR person uh, telling the truth by accident. Um, yeah. And frankly, what that speaks to is, uh, and this is what Jeff Gerspin noted on the Bombcast, which is where he revealed this, it speaks to an insecurity about how the game's going to do. It speaks to a desire to control the day one Metacritic and the day one releases and all it bought them was like an 85. Yeah. It's not even, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the game they want it to be. It's really uh, hard to tell what the game they want it to be is. I suppose that's true. Like, because this didn't even have that much buildup. Like Borderlands three should have been a big thing. This got dropped. When was the last, when, it got dropped at E3, right? That was like four months ago, four or five months ago. That was when the big This is Borderlands 3 dropped. Uh, you'd expect like a year-long build, but no. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of, there's a bit of like, uh, hey, uh, we, we just released this movie in uh, February. No, it's not because it's bad. Yeah. Go see it anyway. And like, yeah, what, where in 2K's release schedule is this, you sort of ask. But, and honestly, 2K probably has their hands full dealing with uh, the fact that Randy Pitchford uh, refuses to step away from the PR aspects of this game's launch. Um, and, you know, fair play to them. They've decided to stick with him, and they can't apparently restrain him. But uh, this game just does not that feel... It, fair play to them indeed for that. Yeah. <laughs> fair play doesn't mean you win. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good game. Uh, I am sort of locked into gaming on it at some point with some friends because you can have fun with anything if you're playing with friends because you just ignore the bad things because you're playing with friends. Um, yeah, and I, that's, I mean, that's absolutely true. It's like, when I say like, you know, oh, you know, maybe maybe I'll play it if like I'm playing it with a, with a buddy, like that, it, it's absolutely true. Like that's something that, totally could work yeah. if you're playing it with a friend and it's like okay this is like we just need we need we need an excuse to hang out yeah. like we just we just need to we need to hang out like soon uh what can we do oh we can play the new borderlands yeah. like okay fine whatever and no one doubts that the shooting will be you know plausible and that the loot will be um addictive that's sort of what borderlands does 
Um, yeah. There's no reason to doubt that that will be worse. Uh, maybe the guns will be a little bit more juvenile. Maybe you'll uh, have to fire the butt plug for a while. But that is, you know, that that is the Borderlands promise, which is that, you know, Diablo 3 did this wrong on launch. They, they fucked up their entire loot drop system so they could do their auction house shit. Borderlands yeah, has that. never had that problem. Um, they know what people want from this uh, experience. And it's it's that that workflow, that progression. Um, and I think it, it will, for the people who want it, it sounds like it's going to satisfy that. For anyone who isn't already sold on Borderlands or isn't already like girding themselves to deal with poop jokes, it does not sound like something you want to do, especially not solo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh... And I don't know. I just I I can't get excited about it, and I, mm. I feel I don't feel bad about it. I yeah. feel it it is a little strange though. Like the the whole experience of watching it come out and being like I don't I don't think I care. Like, I mean, I I sort of feel bad weird. that so many people worked for so long on fucking Borderlands three, um, mm. and and also that when I eventually play Borderlands three in that moment, I will enjoy it because. Um, that game is machined to uh, fuck with the receptors in your brain to make it feel good. Uh, the, same, the same way that most mobile games are. In fact, Borderlands right, sure. is sort of really close in genre to mobile games and sort of how the loop progression works. Um, oh, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, it, it's very much it's, – it, it, it has its gotcha elements. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people did a lot of work on it, and a lot of people had to get out on stage – uh, at E3 and have Randy Pitchford stand out in front of them and be the face of this. A lot of people are working on a game where Randy Pitchford is still the guy that everyone associates with this. Um, yep. So it, it sucks for them. Um, I'm sure they did good work in service of a bad goal. Um, but hopefully they got paid. <laughs> I think they probably got paid. I think we would have heard about it if they did not get paid entirely. I mean... Maybe we will like from Jason Schreier in a couple weeks. Uh, usually <laughs> the, those stories don't drop until after the gold date and the launch date is hit so that firing you doesn't get you taken off the credits, doesn't get you denied, all that other shit. I guess that's fair. I mean, but like, yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm being un, like unreasonable, but it feels to me that like. If truly they would not, they aren't paying. Yeah, people. yeah, no. Like if that's the. I feel like we've heard, we would hear that. You probably would hear that. I'm just saying that if there's a labor story going to come out, uh, going to come out of Gearbox, oh, it's going to come yeah, out sure. in the next six weeks. Fair enough. That's actually, yeah, that makes actually a ton of sense. Uh, okay. Um, what else do we have? I mean, there, we could else? make fun of Fallout seventy six, but that seems too easy. Oh yeah, do, just, it, do it, do okay. it. No, I want to. I want to okay. talk about the fact that they have a cash store. Even they still have a cash. Is, they still have a cash store. They always had a cash store. They had a cash store since launch. If, well, no, I know, but it's just like it's. I, I, just, well, I just so go ahead. I just want to point out that it was still more expensive to like buy the in game version of the canvas bag that you had than it was to get the actual canvas bag that was nylon to begin with Incredible. Uh, at launch. Uh, so, but truly, truly masterful work by uh, the culprit again is the, everyone involved. The atomic shop. Um, the atomic shop is the cash store in fallout 76. Um, fallout 76, if I recall correctly, is the only Bethesda game of the fallout series that will not 
be coming to Steam. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Now, there's one of two things you can think about this. The first is that uh, it is, frankly, an unfinished game. It is garbage. It is... Uh, it's... Yeah, you know, it's like halfway between abandoned mare, abandoned wear and malware. Um, the other thing you can think of is that Bethesda does just does not want to split the cost and the the rewards of the cash shop with Steam. Um, and I'm all the awards. Guess, the, the... yeah, I'm gonna guess it's the second thing. I'm gonna guess they want you to do all those transactions through the Bethesda client. Uh, there is a update, a long long-suffering fan base uh, and a an update coming 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 like you know on the horizon uh, that will make this a single-player game <laughs> oh, <laughs> that wow. will add NPCs that will you know that will make this a fallout game and that is happening. effectively making it playable yeah effectively making it playable and that'll happen sometimes wow. sometime this fall I believe. Amazing. Yeah. Like they're adding a playable fallout game in our life. They're adding human NPCs. They're adding, you know, a lot more single player support. They're adding, um, stuff where you don't have to be hanging out with other people to do it. You know, they're responding to criticism. However, before they fully <laughs> respond to criticism, um, enter the atomic shop. Now the atomic shop was originally so supposed good. to be cosmetic. Like, this is how a lot of games structure the stuff now. Like, uh, you don't get in-game yeah, sure. benefits for buying things at the cash shop. Uh, Path of Exile does this. I, I want to say every game of note basically does this, especially the free-to-play ones. Um, oh, absolutely. Where, and uh, especially yeah. ones that, that have, like, that, as we were talking about with Borderlands, like, have that Skinner boxy mm -hmm. effect. Uh, the sort of, like, gotcha effect where it's like, oh, I really want that thing. Like, and you can keep doing it, or at some point you can be like, okay, I want that thing so badly, I'll pay $15 for it. And you're like, okay, we're happy to give you it for $15. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, generally fine. And honestly, you know, Fallout 76 isn't a PvP game, mainly because no one's certain that Bethesda was was able to actually code PvP into the servers, like, you know... <laughs> stably so when what you do pvp game. shit happens like that shouldn't happen a lot so the main way you play fallout 76 pve because if you go to pvp who knows what the fuck's going on um right which is just a Anything subset of who the fuck no knows what's going on during normal gameplay but uh so now in the atomic store um this is reading from polygon.com's article the final straw came in the most recent update which sells a refrigerator and scrap collector robot in the store for 700 atomic points and 500 atomic points, respectively. These are cool. camp items, camp being an acronym that refers to the home base that you can sort of like improperly and transitorily place in the world and just hope the server doesn't fuck up and just delete it. Is there anything worse, by the way, just as a side note, is there anything worse than acronyms that... Um, are just like you could just use the regular word and it would be more helpful. Uh, there are, but they're crimes. Oh, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Anything worse linguistically? Uh, that isn't a hate word. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> These are, are camp items with powerful in-game utility, as they can preserve food and scour the nearby wasteland for useful crafting items. So what this means is you, you buy these little robots who go out and farm for you. Well, okay. so you can actually play the real game instead of, 
you know, going around and MMOing it the fuck up. So you pay real money to just play the real game and get the crafting items on the side. Um, there are no. It's weird, that, that, it's weird that I say as someone who just puts hours and hours and hours into video games just to get crafting items because my brain is broken. Mm. It's odd that they would get rid of the real game like that. That's yeah, strange. There are no ways to earn the fridge or scrap collector in game. The only way to unlock these items is through the atomic shop. Now, atomic points, you buy them. There are ways to earn them in game, but they're like weekly quest rewards. And they are not lucrative. Um, so either you spend three or four weeks doing these weekly challenges, or you pay Bethesda four ninety nine or whatever the fuck atomic points cost now, in addition to whatever you paid for the game, in addition to whatever you're paying for the internet. Um, and because you can't play the single player, and you still won't be able to play it single player once they put out their you know single player release. It'll always be an always online game. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to pay the money, and in return, the game will automate its bullshit for you. That's kind of a cardinal sin in the, in the cash shop future that we live in. Yes. Um, it is also like maybe the 15th worst thing this game has done. It is it's amazing that kind of pay to fantastic. win, pay to win, we're just like, uh, okay, that's, that's all? Like you just they just did pay to win. Well, I, you didn't uh, innovate. All right, fine. You didn't expand I mean, on the concept of a bad game. You just made it pay to win. It so it works though. The fridge actually works when you get it. Well, why are you reporting? Yeah, this? does like, it double charge it your credit card? No. It doesn't immediately corrupt your game and and sell your personal data when you buy does it. Does it give like, someone else? Does it not give someone else your fridge? No. Then why do I want to hear about it? <laughs> so you're telling me when I buy this fridge, it just gives me the fridge. And instead of uh, making my character say all sorts of uh, terrible things and then forwarding that to my yeah. boss. Uh, like, and it's like I just imagined them saying, like, so it works, right? Well, yeah. So it works, right? How many times does it crash the game? How many save files is it corrupt? How much bank <laughs> How information does it, does it steal? Oh, not at all. Uh, oh, well, we, I mean, what kind of shop do you think we're running here? <laughs> you don't want an answer to that It has question. to crash the game a lot more. So that's the Fallout 76 update. We'll have further updates because this game is getting some expansion shit that will be free. Um, Incredible. They're still ex doing the expansions. It's like well, I mean, it's like if you took Anthem and they were just like, you know what? We're in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's finish this up. You know, like it's 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 kind of fantastic because this is this game sucks. It's a bad idea. It was a bad idea from the beginning. The idea of like like this giant map where you're playing with 24 people on it. Like if your launch is so bad that you have to like add a battle Royale mode, which I'm, I'm not sure that's launched yet. <laughs> um, like you have to add a battle Royale mode just to distract people from you trying to retool it into what a fallout game should be. I mean, at some point you just have to stop throwing unearned money after earned money. Yeah. Um, no, that's absolutely right. And like, it, it feels, it feels weird that, that it's taken this long for Bethesda to get there. Um, yeah. but Hey, I mean, I, uh, I'm glad they're doing it. I am, I am disappointed that we don't get to see more of the train crash of Anthem. Uh, so, you know, mm -hmm. this is the yeah, train crash we that's, get. That's basically done. Um, yeah. Anthem just wasn't, just, Anthem 
Oh, wait, Anthem does have a cash store, don't they? I think so, but I mean... The question... Yeah, the thing is, like, did anyone ever buy anything there? I assume someone has, but, yeah. <laughs> not, not I. Um, uh, it wasn't important enough to warrant, like, people writing articles about it. No. Well, John, what are you playing? I need to know. All right, I If you're have so smart, spent... what are you playing? If I'm so that's smart, what, that's what why this... haven't I beaten control yet? That's what this I have uh, been playing... section is now called. It's called, yeah. if you're so smart, what are you playing? I have been playing Control. Okay. Um, that is the new game from Remedy Entertainment, the makers of the first two Max Payne games, the Alan Wake game, um, Quantum something or other. No one remembers this game's name because it's... So... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. I remember Quantum, that. Uh, yeah, it's not even a top Google result. Uh, it was an Xbox exclusive. Um, this is probably the best game they've ever made, and Max Payne 1 changed the game on action games. Um, mm -hmm. This is better than Max Payne 1. Uh, this So the premise of Control is that you're playing a woman who has a sort of like body rider with her, like a like a, a weird filter effect that appears and talks, but you don't ever hear what it says. Just the protagonist speaks to you uh, because it is the player. Oh, cool. Um, what she does is her brother disappeared during a strange X-Files incident uh, back when they were children. She has been searching for him this entire time, and she has found him at the Federal Bureau of Control, which is a giant black skyscraper in New York City that appears to be twice as big as any other building in the city, okay. including the Empire State Building, that no one can see. <laughs> okay, um, cool. You only can find this building if you are explicitly looking for it. And the game starts with you walking in the front door and finding nobody home. Okay. There is nobody in this building. Uh, but it is a government building. It is the Federal Bureau of Control. Um, you may recognize that word from the game's title. So wow! So that's where I reckon. Just, just kidding. Uh, do you know what um, SCP is? Yeah. Um, I should probably yeah secure, secure contain, contain protect. protect yeah. So some people have said that this game's a lot like Twin Peaks: The Return. I've watched a little bit of Twin Peaks: The Return. There are some influences there. I don't think it's very foundational. There's a lot of the focus is very different. What this is is this is an SCP game. This is a game about objects that have come into our world and will destroy our world if you don't respect them, contain them, and use them. Um, and what that means in gameplay terms is that you're looking at a shooter with uh, characteristics of, if you played the game PsyOps, the MindGate Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. um, you've talked about you've that got, on the show before. Yeah, you've got that level of telekinesis. You're using, you know, there's a mana bar, it decreases when you use a power, it, you know, increases when you're not using a power. The main way you interact with this world is with the gun that you have, which can change forms into any of a shotgun, a sniper rifle, a grenade launcher. Uh, it stays, a, and its basic form is a pistol, mm -hmm. uh, which is mm -hmm. actually the most powerful form if you upgrade it fully. Um, and your other main way of interacting with the world during combat is telekinesis. So you can pull shit up and throw it at people. The lock-on is very generous. The lock-on is very good. And it, the main thing that separates it from games before this is they realize that it's not fun or good design to make it so that you can not have ammunition for your TK. 
<laughs> so the idea is that if you don't have, uh, you know, a fire extinguisher or a chair or a table or a explosive barrel to pick up and throw at someone, you rip out part of the floor. The floor does less damage. Like improvised throwing items do less damage than full-powered ones. And that's how it should be. But you're never in a place where you can't use the TK to hurt someone. Yeah. No, that totally um, makes So you never sense, lose actually. access to your power. And losing access to your power was like a huge part of why PsyOps the Mind Game Conspiracy was a wonky, stupid, bullshit game instead of a, a fully fun one. Um, and from – I don't want to give spoilers or anything, but from a story perspective, S, uh, Control is very good. I almost called it SCP. Control is very good. Um, I like the NPCs. There are dialogue trees to explore. There is depth to the character writing. There is a um, janitor who keeps saying uh, butchered translated aphorisms from some Nordic language. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, the game knows what it's doing. It does it very well. It presents itself fantastically. Uh, it's sort of uh, people have been calling it like a Metroidvania. I'm not sure that's entirely the right description. Uh, but it is the case that the it, there are a lot of optional places and a lot of places that you can't get to without having certain powers that it is not like you are not dragged by the nose to find. Okay. Um, so and, – and it is also the case that you can do a lot of the things in any order you like. It's just that some things are a lot harder than others. Um, if there is a problem with the game, some of the boss fights suck shit. Um, okay. There is a Zelda-like aspect to some of them, where if you find out the one easy trick to solve the boss fight, you'll win. Uh, some of them are just slogs. Like, like some for some of them, the one easy trick is, okay, stand behind a pillar while he does 30 seconds worth of attacks. Okay, yeah, um, all right. And then pop out and subtract 8% of his health bar and then stand behind the pillar again. Pop out. And Aha! That is not good design. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's ways to get around it. I, I actually had one of my best gameplay moments of the year when I found out a way to kill a very difficult boss that was doing a lot of like, you know, rhythm motion. Now you go here, now you go here, now you go here, now you go here over four different platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the whole, the bosses kind of feel like the design on them. Could have used a bit more time. Okay. That said, like, if my biggest concern is that the bosses take time to learn, like, I mean, <laughs> there is another, there, there is another issue. <laughs> the other issue is the checkpointing isn't great. Um, so they drop you back at your fast travel point. You have a bunch of fast travel points, sort of like you do in a Castlevania game. Okay. Through the castle slash the oldest house, which is the name of the giant skyscraper. Um, when you die, you return to that point to those fast travel points. You're not checkpointed right in front of the boss. So that means that you have to run back to the boss. And worse, if there's a fight between you and the boss, you either have to run through the fight and dodge it and take the damage, or you have to actually do the fight and win. Um, which means that there are certain bosses for whom the issue isn't learning the boss or doing the boss itself. It's that you have to spend three to five minutes between each attempt. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I hate that. Um, and I, it's intentional. There's there's a lot of intentional stuff 
in this game. For instance, you don't have a mini-map. You, you have a map of the area that you can access by uh, pressing up on the D-pad in your controller or pressing something on the keyboard. I don't play it with the keyboard. Um, and what that does is it gives you a basic map of the entire, like, floor. And that can include, like, five or six different areas. Mm, 10 to 12 sometimes. And what happens is, you know, they put a red arrow on the map, which is where you are, and you can run around with the map up, and you can see the red arrow move, so you can see where you are in the level. But when you're in combat, you have no mini-map. You have no idea where the enemies are unless you can identify them through sound or sight. So you don't have, like, a little radar in the top right of the screen with red pips on it, uh, which can fuck you up. Um, and I think that, specifically, removing the mini-map is great. I think it improves the combat. I think it improves the tension. Mm -hmm. um, the checkpoint thing, not so fucking much. Yeah. Uh, right. Kind of annoying. But yeah, uh, I haven't That's beaten fair. it yet, but right now, Control is, is either my game of the year or my second place game of the year after Hades. Okay, cool. Um, well, that, uh, you know, I had been, I had been definitely on the fence about uh, shelling out for it, but um, mm -hmm. I will now. I will shell out for for this game. Uh, so I'm excited to try it. Uh, I will definitely play it soon. What uh, have you been playing? Uh, well, I have been I have been getting very deep into Final Fantasy fourteen. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm also I'm also working on finishing up Bloodstained, which is not a hard game to finish up. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it, is, it is actually a fairly fairly forgiving game in terms of finishing it. Uh, it's just that uh, the way my the way I play video games like a Metroidvania is that. Uh, I have to play every element of it and finish every side quest and stuff or else I, for whatever reason, can't bring myself to, to, to end it. So uh, definitely 100%ing the map, just 100% of the side quests, all that stuff, mm -hmm. which is a lot of crafting. Um, so, I mean, you know, take that with what it is. But the, yeah, mostly what I've been doing is playing Final Fantasy XIV, which is uh, uh, great. It's a really good game. Um it is uh, the first MMO I've ever actually like understood and had fun with. Mm -hmm. um, it is, I mean, and of course, right now is a weird time to be playing it. As as many of my friends who play WoW have pointed out, uh, I'm playing FF14 at like maybe the pinnacle moment for WoW. Um, but uh, WoW didn't. I didn't understand WoW when I was playing it, and uh, I understand <laughs> Final Fantasy 14 probably because mm -hmm. there's Final Fantasy elements. Uh, but it's fun. Well, no, I mean, I've, I've played both. Final mm -hmm. Fantasy XIV uh, benefits greatly from having been developed like 10 years after World of Warcraft, uh, even yeah. with World of Warcraft's updates. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it, it just like it, it feels good. And like the I'm still in the initial part. Everyone says the story gets really good after the initial part. Um, <laughs> I, I still find the initial part very good, like mm -hmm. overall. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's um, it's an enjoyable game. And like the story, the writing in it is uh, great uh, for the most part. Actually, like you know, refreshingly great. Um, the localization is excellent, uh, and yeah, I mean it's it's cool. It feels like it has some stakes. It feels, even though you are like you know the chosen one in a literal, you know, bevy of servers filled with chosen literal, ones. The world disappeared, and you were in a black void with a giant crystal. Says, yeah, th know. there's cliched elements, but mm. for sure, it's a Final Fantasy game. But yeah, I mean, you sort of want those in that. Yeah, right? 
And like apparently, as you get through it, it uh, loses some of those and becomes like yeah. really interesting and, and original. So I'm, yes, totally looking forward to that too. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think it should be fun. I am um, I'm excited to try it. I'm excited to keep going through it. I'm 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 getting far in it, and it is uh, it's relaxing and enjoyable. Cool. Yeah. Well, well John, um, we've done it again. We've it we've once again uh, created a podcast. Uh, any 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 lasting words that you have for the uh, for the listeners? Uh, by control. Okay, by control. By control. <laughs> by Menon. Uh, I have none, um, but I'm I'm happy everyone's here, and I'm happy we've been able to chat again. Um, perhaps uh, next time we talk, I will be able to. Um, perhaps next time we talk, I'll be able to talk about Heaven's Word. The first expansion oh God, of Final I, Fantasy fourteen. I probably will, and uh, I was going to say maybe I'll be able to talk about Control, but oh, um, <laughs> I am. I, you know what? Actually, I'll probably be. I'll probably be talking about. And here's a little bit of a hint for uh, one of an, an upcoming episode. I'll probably be talking about Pathologic Two. Um, what What could that mean? Um, which is very cool. That game's neat. Uh, so yeah. I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, John, always a pleasure. Uh, people can find you at John Bernhard. Uh, you're still writing over at Goonhammer. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, here anywhere else? Nope. Okay, we so they are, haven't hired yeah. you at ESPN yet. Not yet. Uh, I've, I'm ter- I'm told they don't want want me to talk politics. Ah, uh, mm, yikes! Well, your your right wing politics will have to mm-hmm. uh, take a back seat, and I know that you don't like that. So, uh, um, Rotor. All right, I will talk to you soon. Yeah. 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 Yeah.